Welcome to the Chrisman Commentary Daily Mortgage News Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Chrisman. Thanks for listening this Thursday, May 13th, 2021. Topics on today's episode include my interview with General Counsel Michael Dunn and further reaction to yesterday's inflation scare. I'd like to thank this week's podcast sponsor, Candor. Have you heard of Candor yet? As you'll hear shortly, they're gaining groundswell for their dynamic, adaptive, and automated underwriting engine. People around the nation are voting with their feet. Illinois has seen seven straight years of population decline. California lost population during a year for the first time in its history. Do you ever think about the fact that one city, Shanghai, China, has more people living in it than every state besides California and Texas? Area-wise, what's the largest city in the U.S.? That title goes to Jacksonville at 875 square miles. As another fun fact, did you know that over 80% of people who move stay in the same state? One wonders, if higher income people are leaving a particular state, does that create a bigger burden on those who remain, which encourages more departures? Provo, Utah, Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, and Reno, Nevada are the top three high-end markets to watch, according to the luxury segment of the inaugural Wall Street Journal slash Realtor.com Emerging Housing Markets Index. For the links to those stories, as well as the latest on employment and lender products, go to robchrisman.com. There's a new kid on the block in the consulting world, Gatehouse Strategies. Gatehouse will focus on FHA, Ginnie Mae, HUD, and Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac policy and programmatic compliance and litigation, supporting origination, servicing, claims, property disposition, strategic growth, opportunities, technology, public housing, and disaster recovery. That includes providing extensive and unrivaled experience in the operations of government-backed mortgage programs, including FHA, Ginnie Mae, and the GSEs, and with federal and state disaster recovery processes, public housing authorities, and community development projects, including the appropriations process, grant-making, compliance, and political intelligence. Quicken Loans, America's largest mortgage lender and a part of Rocket Companies, will officially change its name to Rocket Mortgage on July 31st. This change will bring alignment to the overall Rocket brand, while also making it clear to homebuyers that technology, a core tenant of Rocket Companies, is injected throughout the entire home buying life cycle, from home search to mortgage closing. Recall that Quicken Loans became the largest lender in the country, closing more loans than any other retail mortgage lender in the fourth quarter of 2017. The only difference current clients will experience is documents, letters, and other communications that previously were labeled Quicken Loans, which will now instead come from Rocket Mortgage. QuickenLoans.com will remain operational after the legal name change. In its current state, it will direct clients to apply for a home with Rocket Mortgage. The site will then transition to accomplish other important objectives for Rocket companies. Today we bring you our first Compliance Thursday segment, sponsored by ActiveComply. Its cloud-based solution helps you engage with social media safely and meet your compliance and archival requirements. Easily find and monitor loan officer social media from one unified platform. On this episode, I'm speaking with Michael Dunn, General Counsel at FCB Mortgage. First off, thank you for taking the time to come on the Crispin Commentary podcast, and uh, and welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So one of the things I wanted to talk to you about was compliance exams. What are you seeing from states regarding online advertising reviews? Well, what we're seeing that is different is... Some of the state regulators are coming to us right at the outset when you get your initial letter of examination with a report showing some of the uh, deficiencies or 
um, noteworthy items that, that could be out of compliance in your online presence. So before they even give you a letter, some of the states are taking the approach to review your online presence, in other words, your social media presence, your websites, any, app, any application sites and things like that. And I've seen uh, um, some states provide us with a report showing potential issues before we even get or simultaneous with getting the letter of examination. So that's a different approach that we've seen, um, which just kind of tells me that they're taking the approach of, well, let's see what what these folks are doing online to kind of gauge their compliance priorities. Um, and I think they're taking that approach to see kind of what what kind of company they're dealing with before they even go in. And another thing that people have been talking about under this new administration uh, are marketing service agreements. Are you adjusting your approach to things like MSAs, co-branding with realtors? What's what's going on out there? We're taking note of the new administration policies and um, any of the uh, rescissions that have taken place on past CFPB guidance um, under the Trump administration. So we're taking note about those things. As far as marketing services agreements, we believe that they there is a way to comply with RESPA doing a compliant marketing services agreement. And we do take the approach of getting outside counsel to review um, running valuations, uh, making sure that the items that are being um, paid for are actually being done on a monthly basis. That's kind of what we've always been doing. Um, and so our approach is just to take note of, of the industry and what's going on out there with the CFPB. What we have noticed is co-branding with realtors and, and, and things like that has really just increased tremendously on social media. And it's hard to track cost sharing involved because RESPA talks about doing your pro rata share of marketing costs. Well, when it's on a social media page and it takes two people, you know, two minutes to, to put together a little social media blurb together, there's really no cost allocation there. So, you know, coming up with common sense written policies to comply with RESPA on co-branding has been a challenge. And just to give our listeners a little more context, what are some of those changes that you would anticipate going from a Trump administration to this current Biden administration? More scrutiny on things like RESPA and relationships between affiliates. Um, I think that the if we're to gauge from past Democrat administrations, they are focused on those affiliated relationships. Um, and they've historically not not liked the affiliated relationships because they feel like it stacks the deck somehow instead of um, the approach of of thinking that it's actually providing better service to customers by having affiliated companies that know how each other operate and know how to, to run run a loan file through. So we're taking note uh, in that sense, but specifically on in rescissions of things like guidance on marketing agreements. If the CFPB is coming in and doing that, we're, we're, we're standing up and taking note. We're also looking at fair lending um, consent orders and, and enforcement actions, not only from the CFPB, but uh, um, from HUD as well. And you mentioned fair lending there. What is your approach to maintaining a fair lending policy that's followed by your employees? Well, we've expanded it um, from your typical kind of fair lending policy with a required training that is done at least annually on on the topic of fair lending. We've expanded it to um, increase the, the kinds of training that we're doing. Fair lending is a topic that, you know, is kind of always evolving in a way because of, of the, 
the media's involvement with with these types of issues. And so last summer, you you saw a reaction with the um, protests that were happening last summer. You saw a reaction from the agencies, and they put on a fair lending webinar and kind of told the industry, banks and and mortgage lenders alike, that they are hyper-focused on this issue moving forward, and they're going to make sure that fair lending is a part of examinations, and not just the typical regression analysis and statistical analysis, but also your online presence, your employment um, hiring practices, and things like that. And what really made me stand up and take note was if the Biden administration and the leadership at the FHFA pushes down a mandate to Fannie and Freddie to start doing fair lending monitoring of the Fannie and Freddie seller servicers, then that's a whole new can of worms that Fannie and Freddie is going to start delving into the fair lending space. And, you know, what does that look like? And, and all of those things are, are, are top of mind. But as far as our employees are concerned, increasing of training, increasing of awareness and, you know, having, having a diversity policy within our company is, is something that's important. And I know employees are concerned with trainings. At, at my non-podcasting day job, I just had to do the privacy and mortgage lending course. So, so when it comes to these yearly trainings, what courses do you include for your yearly employee training requirements? The, uh, a course on anti-money laundering and the Bank Secrecy Act, which is required. Uh, another course on fraud, which is taking real-life examples that have been found in our QC department and showing our employees some of the schemes that we've uncovered and, and some of the documentation that we've seen and determined to be misrepresented. So we do that uh, and we require a, a fair lending training. And like I, like I mentioned, moving forward is going to be more robust with regards to um, being conscious of social media posts and um, you know, branding and, and things like that and being more conscious of the fair lending aspect of online advertising. Well, I appreciate you going through that. Compliance is always a hot topic and and top of mind for lenders out there. Uh, Thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Looking at potentially interest rate moving news in the bond markets, we saw yesterday that inflation at the consumer level rose 0.8% month over month from March, reflecting gains in almost every major category and 4.2% on a year over year basis, the most since 2009. The core measure, which excludes the volatile food and energy components, rose 0.9% month over month and 3.0% year over year, the most since 1982. To be clear, the year over year CPI numbers are manipulated by COVID shutdowns at a moment when investors are fixated on widespread signs of price pressures, even as the Fed insists any spike will be transitory. Regardless, all those figures came in higher than street expectations. More data like this could force the Fed to increase interest rates earlier than expected. Predictably, bond yields jumped yesterday. The fixation on the inflation data was even more evident in the fact that the market took little solace from solid demand at the $41 billion 10-year note auction on the day. With Treasury yields soaring on the day, the MBS basis ended the day tighter. Today's economic calendar is underway with the producer price index, in at up 0.6%, double the forecast, with core up 0.7%, and weekly jobless claims, in at 553,000, down from 566,000, good news. Continuing claims came in at 16.8 million. Later this morning brings Freddie Mac's primary mortgage market survey for the week ending May 13th and several treasury auctions. Three Fed speakers, Richmond Sparkin, Fed Governor Waller, and St. Louis's Bullard are all speaking on, surprise, the economic outlook and monetary policy. 
The desk of the New York Fed will conduct the last two purchase operations on the current schedule, totaling up to $5.5 billion of 30-year 2% and 2.5%. In the afternoon, the desk will release a new two-week purchase schedule in addition to the mid-May to mid-June purchase estimate. We begin the day with agency MBS prices roughly unchanged and the 10-year yielding 1.69 after pulling back yesterday to 1.70%. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. Let me tell you about my life. I run like the wind did. I hate when a couple argues in public, and I miss the beginning and don't know whose side I'm on. When someone asks what I did over the weekend, I squint and ask, why? What did you hear? Thanks again to Candor for sponsoring today's podcast. I look forward to hearing more great things. Want to know more? Go to candortechnology.com. Tell them Robbie Chrisman sent you. If you have any questions about the podcast or sponsoring opportunities, send me an email at robbie at robchrisman.com. Visit robchrisman.com for more information on our industry partners, access to archived commentaries, and how to subscribe to the daily mortgage news and commentary. To listen to or download past episodes of this podcast, search Mortgage News on any platform you get your podcast from.